Hello, and welcome back to Talking Thomas, the podcast for everything Thomas and Friends related, Shining Time Station, and everything in between. I'm Orion. And I'm Tony. And today we're going to be doing another uh, series of commentaries on episodes from the first season of Thomas the Tank Engine and Friends. And we're just going to jump right into it. Uh, Today we are starting the uh, Troublesome Engines trilogy, as it were. Uh, So we're going to start with tenders and turntables here. And you can press play now. I think it is interesting how... Just by stroke of pure luck, the way that we've been doing these commentaries, uh, with the first one only having two, and then this all subsequent ones having three, that we have managed, in fact, to get the Troublesome Engines trilogy all into one podcast, or we will by the end of this one. Yes, that was intentional. Of course. <laughs> um, I, I, I've always liked this um, this opening because it's an, it's an odd angle. We never see this yard really ever again um and it's just it's really interesting um you know and these are the these are the vickerstown sheds not you know not the traditional timnath sheds that that we're used to so um it is it is quite interesting i i suppose as a kid i didn't really see any difference but obviously you know now um and once i became a a a serious diehard thomas fan then I, i suppose i noticed the difference but um, but obviously, uh, less births. I, I, so to me right away is that there's only five births and, uh, the other sheds, the uh, Napford sheds, I guess you'd call it was, um, at least six or seven mm-hmm. births. But this is a great book. Um, you know, of course they omitted Henry and the elephant, um, and later placed it in the right. fourth season out of context, really. Um, yes, but that's okay. Um, I, I think. I think that the uh, the effectiveness of them going on strike, you know, it, it still works without without Henry and the it Elephant does. to start it to kickstart it all off. Um, I know some purists it, will will argue with me on that, but that's okay. <laughs> right, and and I I understand what you're where you're coming from. I I do think that unless Henry was really mad about Shantino omitting Henry and the Elephant, kind of doesn't really give him a reason to join the others on strike unless it's. I guess you could say that it was just on principle because he's good friends with both Gordon Solidarity. and Solidarity. So, no, that's what I mean. He just sort of agreed to the strike on principle because, you know, it's his two good friends. So, I yeah. hate to hammer the, the creepy note home here with, with the first season, as I, I feel that we might be doing. But, but this Vickerstown shed set and yard has always given me, uh, always creeped me out as a kid. Again, it's just uh, the weeds. And the the quiet, the way that it's filmed, just something about it just gives me the creeps. I don't know. Right. This is interesting too here because they just use a, a still image of Thomas for this, you know, for the scene. There's no smoke. That's there's what nothing. They do. I mean, they they you know, they just it's like they forgot to get coverage for that <laughs> for that shot of Thomas right. and just decided to do that. But it's interesting because he was they had a, a shot of him earlier, you know, with smoke blowing at that same angle. So you think maybe they would have at least used that, that little piece of footage right. instead of just a still photograph, but, but who knows? I've always liked this turntable theme that starts just as James did on the turntable. It's, uh, you know, especially this version of it where it speeds up with the, 
speed of the turntable increasing. It's really fun. Yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting that I, I feel like I, of course, I've seen all of these episodes a you know, hundred times by now. But um, oh yeah, but I feel like uh, I've seen the out of the three of the of the you know the the troublesome engines trilogy, I've definitely seen this one the least. Um, and as it, I, I didn't really see this episode very much, I think it was on it was on, of course, the tenders and turntables VHS. But I actually didn't acquire that until I was probably uh, eight or nine. Um, as right. opposed to most of my earlier videos that I had when I was four or five. And I believe it was on one of the comp, you know, of, of course, for, for those listening, not in the U S we're speaking specifically of the U S VHS releases. Um, but I, I right. do believe it was on one of the compilations, uh, either Thomas and his friends get along or Thomas and his friends help out one of those. But, um, it it was on one of those, but the other two seem to feature more prominently. Well, and, in and Trouble in the Shed was on was on one of those two as well. Um, but right. for some reason, I I just remember seeing Trouble in the Shed much more as a as a kid. But oh, same here. Yeah, and just like that, the episode's over. Um, uh, again, mm-hmm. uh, because it's pretty narration heavy, uh, it kind of just speeds along. Um. But that's a that was a nice little episode. It was. Yes. Very nice. All right. So. We move right into uh Trouble in the Shed here. Uh the second episode in our Troublesome Engines trilogy. And we press play now. This is a nice that's a yeah, good shot. Absolutely. I I've, I've always uh, just liked any sort of uh tracking shot. Um, of the of the first season they do a lot of those uh to establish right. um and i always like that that kind of upward angle on the crowd um at the station too mm-hmm. and the way that the that the glass or you know plastic really but of the um of <laughs> the dome uh or you know of the the domed yes ceiling of Natford station diffuses the light uh, and gives it kind of a frosty look that we also see in coal as well. When, when Henry pulls into the station uh, getting ready in, uh, in coal or Henry special coal, the U S title, um, it has mm-hmm. that same effect, um, which I, which I like, but uh, and, and, uh, I, they, they use the Natford station set quite well. And I don't, and I don't necessarily mean the yard, or the you know the tracks in front of it, but I specifically mean the station building and canopy itself yes. very well in this yes. uh, in this first season. Um, but uh, oh yeah, this is a great episode too. The, the structure of it is it, it, it it's a well plotted uh, story as well mm-hmm. as far as uh, as far as the Reverend's writing goes. Um, there's there's a lot that goes on it in it. Uh, and it and it really helps to to move the story forward. Oh yes, and I I think that the way they start this right from the beginning of this episode is interesting because it's the first episode that starts on a human rather than an engine. Hmm, interesting. I never really uh, I I guess I never really thought about that, but that's absolutely right. Yeah. Um, you know, and and. Uh, maybe that's maybe that's why I, I I like it because it's so different, um, right? But uh, yeah, just so 
for the bottle, I guess. I'm not sure. And of course, this is, you know, as we'll see in just a moment here, it is the introduction of Percy, which, you know, who became right. uh, such a popular character. Um, and obviously was a, oh, yeah. was a popular character in the railway series, um, you know, uh, second to Thomas, you know, I mean, uh, he right. even had his own, you know, of course, the uh, the Meccano set that was made. Um, right. Of, of Percy, you know, it's very popular, but, um, but of course oh, yes. in later seasons of the TV series where, uh, they weren't using the railway series material anymore, they wrote uh, so many stories around Percy, uh, and, and oh, so yes. many around Thomas too, but really a lot around Percy, especially in the fifth season. Um, so many of those stories are Percy centric and not Thomas centric. Um, even right. though they stopped using the railway series stories because they didn't have enough Thomas mm-hmm. stories. Very interesting. But they really right. wrote so many stories that, that used Percy um, in them. And, yes. But, um, and especially, and even just adapting the stories from the railway series, there's so many that they use of Percy's from, for series two as well. Um, and also in series three. So it's quite interesting that Percy oh, yeah. really became such a huge component of the show. He did. He really did. And this is another, I know I've, I've, I say these a lot in these commentaries, um, but this is another theme that I like quite like Percy's theme. It's very oh, bouncy. Of course. Yeah, that became you know, yeah. definitely one of the best pieces that, that Michael Donald Jr. Campbell wrote for the, wrote for the series. I like this little, this little montage here. And again, I mean, this episode, they're both four and a half minutes long, but this episode feels so right. much longer than tenders and turntables. And I don't know it why does. it feels like it's two episodes. There's just so much going on. It does. in this one, they pack so much story. Um, right. I mean, it really feels so much longer, but, um, yes. but yeah, quite, quite interesting. Um, um, one other point that I wanted to make, uh, and this is going back quite a bit because I know we're well past the, uh, in fact, we're at the end of the episode right now, but well, way back in the workshop, of course, in the railway series, they were, you know, different locomotives and such, of course, because of the budgetary restrictions. And this was, you know, only the first season of Thomas, uh, you know, obviously they had to reuse models, uh, but this is one of the rare even though you can't see it, one of the rare on-camera appearances of the Martlin engine. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you can only see its wheels, but it's there. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Also, I'm not, I'm not sure how well the whole gray wheels comment went over. I, it, I, I know it's a, a British, the black wheel is more of a British, or black leg is more of a British... Uh, slang term. I, um, I think it's an element of the story from you know from uh, from the railway series from the text that that didn't well, yeah, quite age very well. I mean, and there's lots of little no. things, little pieces of language in the railway series right. that just didn't age very well. Um, you know, and of course, some of them well, had to be changed as yeah. we'll, as we'll get to as we'll see in, in some later ones, but. Well, well, even Christopher Audrey admits in Soder Read in Between the Lines, uh, he does a small synopsis of each uh, right, railway with, series uh, story. Tank, he says, right. Well, well, with Drip Tank, but also, but also with this one, where he does mention the term uh, where Edward says he, 
uh, says that the others say he has black wheels and that it refers to blind light, which is an English slang that didn't age very well. Right. No, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, but yes. All right. So, uh, so. next episode here is uh, Percy Runs Away, the conclusion of the, of the Troublesome Engines trilogy. And we'll go mm-hmm. ahead and press play now. Now, this is probably the only time that two episodes open with, uh, you know, open on this, the episode following the previous episode opens on the same shot as the previous episode ended on. That was a very convoluted right. way to say that, but, um, but that, <laughs> but that's, you know, it's true. Um, you know, the, the previous episode right. pulled out from Tim the Sheds with, the, with Gordon, James and Henry. And then this episode starts with Gordon, James and Henry in the exact same spot. So it's, good, it's right. good, quite interesting. I don't think that that happens in any other episode. So I, I believe you're right. I, I mean, cause even the sad story of Henry and uh, Edward Gordon and Henry, even they ended and started in different places. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, one of them ended with Henry in the tunnel and the other one ended with Gordon. I mean, the other one began with Gordon. This shot has always seemed odd to me. It, it really makes it look like a model set. Um, this low, well, the one from the station, yeah, platform? that low angle uh, going out there, uh, just really, it, I, I, it's just a low. It's it's an unflattering angle, and it's used again in some other episodes. Yes. It's um, particularly in uh, James in a mess or, or dirty objects uh, when James is yeah. shunting. It shows that uh, that angle. It's just kind of odd. Right. See, this is sort of another example, and again, I am sorry to keep going on about this, but it is one of the examples of the island being a bit sparsely populated. And a little creepy. (laughs) Yeah, this, I mean, he's just just sitting there, and there's birds chirping, and nothing's happening. And it's just a little strange. And, and that's not to say that this isn't a good episode. It is a fantastic. No, absolutely, episode, and and it's nice because yes. it does feature, um, uh, it does feature the the runaway theme again um, in it such does. in uh, such a large uh, capacity for the episode. And uh, this is this is a very thrilling sequence here with Gordon thundering down the line. Yes. Oh yes, it it, it certainly is. And I would actually say that as a young child, I. There's not much about Thomas that frightened me ever. Uh, I know that there's a thread on SIF about bits that used to frighten you. This scene did frighten me with the extreme close-up of Gordon. Oh, absolutely, yes, because Gordon's face is, is quite scary. Um, uh, it is. And, uh, yeah, but, um, but yeah, this one, you know, love the, love the runaway theme. Love seeing, seeing Gordon's hill, but backwards. Um, <laughs> it's a really right. nice... Uh, way to to see all of that um and again similar to thomas and birdie's great race we just see so many locations in this episode which is great um they really they really got their um you know got mileage out of out of all of these different sets for this episode which is great um and particularly Mm -hmm. this this lower suttery set here too um which is used what i always find interesting is that percy's shocked face doesn't isn't 
memed as much as Thomas's surprise face, but I think it is just as memeable. It has meme potential. Yeah, absolutely. I think. So, and I always found this scene where he ends up in a bunker, basically. I always found that interesting, especially when they pull him out, how, you know, bits of the dirt are still stuck to him. And of course, that's realistic, obviously. But I don't know. There's something about the color of the dirt and stuff like that. It's just, I don't know. It's satisfying. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. And this is, um, I guess this we would say this is the first time that we see Gordon with the winch on his front, which he will later uh, use in Down the Mine. That's right. The winch comes back, and I love it? the I love that set of lower subtlery just because of its uh, its close proximity to the sea. I like that. Yeah, you, know, you can see that the yes. there's clearly just a little beach just beyond, and it's nice that it's hinted at. Right, that is that is very. But nice. it is interesting that we and... wouldn't even see any sort of beach, um, you know, uh, any beach front whatsoever until. Uh, until the third season is that that's correct right, right? Um, we see we, we i'm see pretty docks, sure it is yeah you know, but we don't see a beach well yes um but then no. the beach becomes uh, such an overused set throughout the rest of the season or throughout the rest of the series right. you know every opening shot it felt like of of like the sixth season and the seventh season used you know it, you know something something to say once once yeah, you it, it, it was yeah. a beautiful morning on the island of Sodor, and it just shows some engine yes. puffing past the the ocean. That's just funny. Yeah. The beach. I was gonna say once you get to season seven and introduce Arthur, everything takes place yeah. at the beach. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But they they uh, and of course in in season three, um, there's the the beach with the stone, um, the little stone arch there as well. Which yes. which that's a beautiful set. Um, not not disparaging oh, yes, that whatsoever, definitely. but. Um, but no. it's interesting that 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 uh, if you look at the uh, the tourism economy of Sodor, uh, it appeared to skyrocket from the third season onwards, as opposed it's, to it, it really does. In these first two seasons, it's very gritty and industrial, and uh, and yes. not uh, not very uh, uh, at least not seaside friendly. Not as seaside friendly, at least. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So that's the Troublesome Engines trilogy. Absolutely. Uh, good, good episodes all. Um, and um, oh, yes. I'm not sure that I would put uh, any of those in my top five of, of the of the first no. season, but they're they're good, solid episodes, and it's a great to great to sure. introduce Percy. Definitely. Definitely. I, I I would definitely agree with that. Again, not. Not among my favorite episodes, but they are wonderful episodes, and it's it's one of the rare cases in season one where they all sort of maintain a similar quality in that there's not really, and yeah, there are some parts that are better than others and stuff, but on the whole, all three episodes are generally very good. You know, there's not one that's of a necessarily lower quality or at least not by much than the other right absolutely so yeah all right well those were our commentaries on attenders and turntables double in the shed and percy runs away 
Uh, and uh, we, uh, you can find us on uh, Facebook, uh, Talking Thomas. You can find us on Twitter, at Talking Thomas. Uh, and then also, of course, on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and several other podcast platforms. Uh, so, uh, but uh, you know, give us a like on Facebook, shout out a suggestion to us on Facebook or Twitter. Uh, we're definitely open to suggestions for future episode ideas. Uh, for sure. But, uh, all right. That, that's all from us this time. All right. Bye.